0: If you're in a relationship, chances are at some point the two of you are going to end up in a fight. Well, in today's video, I'm going to share with you 10 simple steps that will take the fear and the pain out of fighting with your partner. And instead, it's going to create trust and safety, intimacy and connection and a deeper love for each other. I know that's a big promise, but in my life experience, when I've taught this confrontation model, that's exactly what it's done. It not only saves relationships, It can take a great relationship and make it deeply intimate and connecting because that's what this process does is it allows us to learn something about our partner. Instead of getting focused on who's right, who's wrong, we grow in connection and understanding for each other. So let's get started with the 10 simple steps. The first one is this, and it seems simple and easy, but it's actually not. Schedule a time. Most fights devolve and, and a lot of relationships blow up because in the moment that somebody's experiencing something, they just want to talk about it right now. Well, I can appreciate that. I mean, when you're frustrated and upset and things aren't working, that can happen. But many times we all do much better when we don't feel attacked. And so that's the first thing out of our mouth. If our partner really ticks us off, it's learning to go, hey, what just happened doesn't work for me. Can we schedule a time to talk about it? If now works, I'd love to have the conversation. But if it doesn't, maybe they're heading out the door, uh, you know, they're on the phone, something like that. But it's like, I'd like to schedule a time to chat about this some more. That's the first step. All right. The second step is before, and this is the reason to schedule a time because in the moment of that perfect imperfection that we all experience and we give to our partner, like, don't forget, remember that part of the reason the we get hurt so much from the people that love us the most is because they love us the most, we see their imperfections. They show us them. That's what many people forget is we're getting the best of them. Remember, in my belief, imperfections are part of, you know, there's no difference between an imperfection and a perfection because they lead us to a better understanding of ourselves and an acceptance of all of ourselves. And that's what a a relationship is, the acceptance of the complete person. And so remember when your partner is being imperfect and while I don't condone hurting somebody or I'm not advocating, I'm not saying we should just sweep it under the carpet and let them off the hook. Don't misunderstand or, or misconstrue my words. What I am saying is their imperfection is also a great gift. We both get to learn about each other through that. So anyway, a little sidestep, but number two is get yourself boundaryed and emotionally moderate. That's why we set up a time, because in that moment when our partner's imperfect, we've lost containment. We're just, a lot of times we're just reacting. Well, now our imperfection shows, and we say or do something that probably isn't kind or loving. We're like, well, it doesn't matter, you deserved it. Well, where's that going to end up? Isn't that how your fights are going? How's that working out? You know, because that's usually what happens is somebody acts imperfect. The other one responds to it and they go, well, you deserved it. Okay, so now we have, and please don't take this as me disparaging you, but we have two five-year-olds on the playground arguing over Tonka trucks. It just isn't going to solve anything. And so what's our goal? Intimacy, connection, love, and trust adulthood we're not children so we schedule a time we get ourselves moderate and emotionally moderate and bounded, so that we don't look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. React from that deeply hurt place. Number three, we don't bring up the past. We keep the conversation about just this one instant. We don't borrow from everything else that's ever happened. It's just this immediate situation and nothing else, we keep it to the most current issue. Number four, we have to remember that defense is the first act of war. That's why, again, we schedule a time, we get ourselves moderate, because what 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 are most fights about? Isn't it about two people arguing over who is the bigger victim, right? What you did is bad. No, what you did is worse. Well, if you hadn't have done it, I wouldn't have done it. And so each person is saying, wait a minute, what, what this is all about is I'm a bigger victim than you. What you did is worse. So when we defend, that's all we're doing is we're fighting over who's the bigger victim. Well, is that reconcilable? No, because why? We both feel victimized, right? So that's called a reality argument like what do you see for those of you listening you can't see this but you know most of you would say that's you know a candle that looks like a cupcake well that's your reality what if i told you that this was actually a christmas ornament or what if i said it was a piece of grass <laughs> you'd be like Kenny you're crazy that's obviously a candle that looks like a cupcake well, that's a reality argument. To you, it's that. Well, to me, it's a piece of grass. And so that's what happens when we're arguing different realities and we're fighting for the victim position is my reality is that what you did to me is worse. Well, your reality is the exact opposite. It's irreconcilable. That's how why most fights end up in divorce or breakups is we're fighting over realities and we are fighting for the victim position. So step four, recognize that trying to defend ourselves and choose that that we were the bigger victim, we are making a conscious choice to create war. That is not the goal of an argument. That is not the goal of a confrontation. It is not to um, celebrate that we're the bigger victim. It is to create connection, intimacy, and understanding. And so if we are hell-bent on being the bigger victim, we have made a choice to incite war with our partner that's our responsibility i again i'm not saying i know and see I, I can see the comments already on this video yeah but what they did kenny and so boom right there that's a person choosing to start war they want to defend that i'm the bigger victim okay i concede you win like you're the bigger victim great so what are we going to do now see it doesn't it doesn't solve anything. All it does is create disconnection. And so that's why we don't go in with that position. We're looking to end the war. We're looking for peace. And so while it's okay to hold our reality that we were hurt, we are not looking to defend it so that we can start war. Number five, and now you see why this is number five, the goal isn't to be right It's not to win. That's not the goal of an argument. Arguments and confrontation is about a couple of other things. First, it's to share our feelings. It's to ask for our needs and wants. It's to be known by our partner. It's learning to celebrate when they say no to us. And it's learning to have a backup plan to meet our needs and wants. That's the goal of every confrontation and every argument. Let me say it again share our feelings, to learn to ask for our needs and wants, to let our partner know who we are, to be known, to celebrate when they say no to us, and to have a backup plan to meet our own needs and wants. That's the goal of every single argument. Did you hear what all of that is? It's about me. It's not about changing you and getting you to admit that you were the victimizer. It's about learning to stop victimizing myself and stop allowing myself to be victimized, but to recognize, wait a minute, what plan can I put in place so that I don't end up in this situation again? Because I played a part, we always play a part in every situation. If we're in a relationship with somebody, the part we played is we chose to be in a relationship. Therefore, we are responsible, we can decide. I, the way this relationship is going isn't right. So I, that's why I share my feelings. That's why I express my needs and wants. I celebrate their no, and I put a plan in place. Wow, maybe I'm finding out that our morals and values, our negotiables and non-negotiables are just not even close. Well, that's not their fault. They get to be who they are. That's about me. Wow, I need to look at myself and put a new plan in place so that I attract and pick somebody that doesn't victimize me. I'm responsible for that, not them. That's my job to do that, okay? So again, the goal isn't to be right or to win. The goal of every argument and every confrontation is to share our feelings, ask for our needs and wants, to be known, to express who we are so our partner knows us, to celebrate their know, and to have a backup plan to meet our own needs ourselves. Number six, we try to share our grievance in four sentences or less, Too often, people monopolize time and go on a rant for 30 minutes. Nobody can sustain that. We feel beat up and talked down to and belittled, just like when we were a child. It's very simple and straightforward. You know, yesterday, when I walked in the house, what I thought I heard was you screaming at me. Boom. That's it. Is that your recollection or not? About that, I feel. Like that, it's very simple and straightforward. It's not, you've been yelling at me and remember last week and bringing up all that stuff. It's just four sentences or less. I'm keeping it to the most recent situation. Did you hear how I expressed it? I observed, not you did. It's my observation because remember, my reality might be different than yours. You see cupcake, I see grass. That's why I say my observation, not you did. Like, I'm not the arbiter of truth. It's my truth. But the second I say you did this, you are, I am trying to tell them that their reality is incorrect. Well, that's the definition of verbal abuse. Whenever we tell somebody what they should think, feel, do, or believe, we are being verbally abusive. That's why it's I statements. I observed, I feel, I make up. In other words, I make up that you called that a cupcake, a a candle that looked like a cupcake. My recollection is it's a piece of grass. Do you hear the difference? That's our goal in communicating this. Number seven, we don't assume or make up what it is they've experienced. We ask for information. So, When I walked in yesterday and I heard you yell and, what my recollection is, I heard you yell and scream. Is that your recollection? What was it you experienced? See, I'm not, do you hear the difference? I'm not fighting for the victim. I'm not claiming you did this and you need to apologize. I'm going, wait a minute, this is my recollection. Is that how you perceive it? Because we first have to decide, are we both looking at a, a candle that looks like a cupcake? Like are we talking about the same thing and do you hear there's no attack there a person from that position because i'm not coming in with defense and going you did this to me a person is probably going to be more reasonable and go yeah you know what you're right well would you mind telling me what was going on what were you thinking and feeling because it's been my experience i don't always hear you yell what was happening do you see the difference there all of a sudden we're already moving towards getting to know each other. What were you feeling? What was going on with you? We're not jumping to that victim position. Number eight, own your own feelings and your actions. Never, ever, ever, ever say, you made me feel, you made me do, you made me think, you made me anything. That is codependent, that is abusive, that is victim. We're, when we do that, we have chosen the victim role. We have given up responsibility for our life because do you see what that means is? I am not self-sufficient. I'm not an adult. I'm a child and you can control me and tell me what to do, think, or believe. And I'm never responsible for anything I do in my life. Well, I don't, I mean, you can choose that. I'll let you have that reality and you can run your life that way. I can only speak for my experience that I, at least for me, I don't want to live the life my life as a victim. And that's what that does. So did you see how I, you know, I switched from being the teacher telling you what to do and and acted as though I was having a conversation with you and go, look, if that's your reality and you want to believe that people think, that people make you think, feel, and do things, you can you can have that. I'll let you. I just know I'm not gonna take ownership if 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 it is placed on me that I'm Somehow doing that to you, I'll let you know right now that doesn't work for me and it's not my reality. And so I can hear that that works for you, but it doesn't work for me. Like literally, we just had an argument about that. And do you see the difference? I didn't try and change you. I let you be who you want to be, but I made it clear what the boundary is. I'm not going to allow that to happen in my world. I'm choosing to be the victor, I didn't throw that in your face, like I, in a way I am now. <laughs> like, it's hard to do this, you know, bouncing in between roles without sounding condescending. And you know, I'm trying to, I'm doing all this on the fly too. It'd be much better if I thought it out, but this is all just happening spontaneously. And I'm like, this is a great way to teach all this. So anyway, I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm doing it perfectly and perfect. And for me, that's okay. I know for some people, Watching, they've probably gone, oh, here he is rambling again. Well, okay, you're right. I do ramble. At any rate, let's get back to it. That's an example of how you would use this confrontation model and how it switches from playing the victim and moves into, okay, so for you, it works to... Give yourself away and let somebody tell you what to think, feel, or do. Okay, great. Tell me more. Why? Why is that an advantage for you? That would be one of my questions. How has that worked? Has that created love and connection in your life? Do you feel closer to people? Like I'd have thousands of questions. Because my experience when I did that, I was physically and verbally abused. Like I've just all I ever ended up with was narcissists and horrific relationships, and and that it never worked for me. Now, the blessing is, it made me go become an expert and learn about codependence and go, oh my God, when you live that way, all you'll ever end up with is abusive people because you're giving them permission to abuse you. That's why I'm so thankful for them is because I chose to go learn, it actually has saved my life, all right? Now, after step eight is step nine, reflect back on what you think you heard. What I do is I take notes. So when I'm in a relationship and they've asked to set a time to chat, I show up with a legal pad or some pad and piece of paper. I'm taking notes of what, they're, what they make up about the situation, what their observation is, how they feel about it. Because I, I, again, I'm not here to create war. I'm not here to defend myself. I'm trying to figure out what's their reality what are their feelings what do they make up and what did you know what did they observe in reality and what are their needs and wants like what's going on with them and so as i'm listening i'm making notes on all that stuff and then i'm asking questions so let me see if i understood you correctly your reality is this about that you feel is this have i heard you right so far okay and so what would you like different Do you have any needs and wants? Do you need any more information? Are you curious what was going on inside of me? And would you like more information of what my thoughts and feelings are and why I made those choices? No? Okay. Like that's how I approach an argument. Do you see? None of that is me going, well, that's not true and defending myself. I don't need to defend myself. I'm an adult. They haven't even asked what my reality is. That's why that last question, do you want more information? basically that question is, would you like to know what my reality is? Maybe they don't want to know. Okay. I know what my reality is. I don't need to prove myself to you. I'm an adult. I don't need to choose the victim position and get you to believe, you know, even if everything I think they're saying is wrong, why would I share my reality? Who cares? They don't want to hear it. They haven't asked to hear it. It's okay. That's what's an an internal boundary. I can contain myself. I can love myself from this place. I am not expecting you to do it. I'm not a child. I'm not placing my responsibility for myself on you. Sure, it's wonderful when you're in an adult place and you can join me and support me and love me and nurture me, but you're human. You're perfectly imperfect. And many times you won't be able to, and that's okay. And that's, isn't it wonderful? I know about codependence and interdependence and I can do that for myself. That's the goal of this. Number 10, after you've reflected back and done all this, my suggestion to you is go to my website, www.thegreatnessyou.com. I say this because my emotional mastery class I'm giving away for free. And inside that emotional mastery class, I'm giving away this confrontation model. Cause I've just hit the highlights here, but I walk you through, it's a notebook that you can print out and you can use in your relationship. Go, look, can we make a commitment to each other that we're going to use this model in our arguments? Obviously it goes through much more depth than what I did. And I did all of this, you know, off the cuff. The workbook explains it very detailed um, without my ramblings, but it gives you, you know, I've touched on the basics, but it'll walk you through exactly how to do it. Now, because for centuries we've argued from a child perspective, this is going to feel very uncomfortable. It's going to feel very clinical and weird at first, but I'm telling you, once you get used to it, you just love it. Like you'd look forward to a fight because you realize it's not a fight. This is intimacy and connection. I get to know so much about you because I don't take it personally and it creates so much love and safety. So that would be um, my encouragement to you is, again, go to www.thegreatnessyou.com. Sign up for Your Journey to Emotional Mastery. It's a free course. I I remember a week or so ago, I decided I'm not gonna charge for it anymore. I'm gonna give it away. And I've put in this um, free workbook, a journey book to teach you this process. Also, if you want another video that doesn't have my ramblings, that goes through this process um, a little bit more concretely, there is one on either Facebook or YouTube. It's called How to Fight Fair and Save Your Relationship. I go through this confrontation model very concretely um, and that you can watch as well, okay? So there you have it. If you think this will help somebody, please share it. Leave me your comments, and as always, whenever you're fighting, just, (laughs) if you, I'll tell you, if you use this model, you'll enjoy the journey of fighting. It will be something that will really bring you together, so enjoy that journey.